Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Band the Beat basketball podcast brought to you by Wiggles Pickles. I am Hunter Johnson. I'm joined, as always, by Cecil Hurt, sports editor of Sussex News. Cecil, how are we doing? Great, Hunter. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm working from home today. Got PGA Tour live on in the background. Michael Thompson had a great round today. Shot a 65 six under. He's tied for third. Justin's playing well. He's two under. So I got that going on in the background. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's a pretty good day. Good, good. I've been working from home too, doing a little football scheduling news. Yeah, that was a big bomb that dropped as we record this about 30 minutes ago. It was announced that Alabama is playing home and home with Ohio State um, in 20. 20- 27 and 2028 um somebody pointed out that sarah Catterson will be a legal driving age by then um so um at Hel- i don't too. yeah i don't save tweets from eight or nine years ago but you know this to be true hunter um i've been pushing for home and home series we've been talking about it for a decade and writing about it and being yeah. an advocate for it. And I, <laughs> I don't save tweets or whatever. I just wonder what some of the people who would reply eight or nine years ago about how you know, the process was to play those neutral games. And, you know, they're probably the ones jumping up and down, excited. that We're doing it for recruiting, you know. Texas and Notre Dame. The only way kids from Dallas and Atlanta are ever going to be able to watch us play is if we play in those towns. Well, again, it's it's not – that's not to – I'm just happy to see it. Let me just say that. And and have thought for a long time it would be a good idea. Right. Um, we're going to get to a mailbag in a minute. Um, we've, we've been saying we were going to do like the whole time since we started the podcast. We finally did it. Yes. Um, we just kind of wanted to get started. We'll talk, first of all, a little bit about scheduling. So uh-huh. the last podcast, which has been about – Basketball. Three, we should shift from football yes, scheduling yes. to basketball. This is a basketball. Basket. I also like home and homes in basketball. Right. This is a basketball and pickle podcast, so we'll not be talking anymore about football, although it might come around <laughs> to it. Um, so, yeah, Alabama's added a two-for-one with South Alabama, which you had kind of hinted at on the last podcast. We thought we thought that we might see more of those. Um, I like right. that. I like playing in Mobile. I mean, during the Gottfried era, we played a couple times, and Grant, uh, we played a couple times in Mobile anyway, just like neutral site games. Um, I think it's good because South Alabama typically has a decent uh, net, and just any opportunity to get a road win is always good. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, they've played there before um, many years ago. Uh, played in the Mitchell Center, and yeah, it's a nice, nice, smallish arena. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn played there last preseason and barely got out. Yeah, that was a close win. Game. Yeah, so it's and, and there's a lot of Alabama fans in the Gulf Coast, Mobile, Baldwin County, Florida Panhandle that uh, will hopefully turn out and support basketball. Right, I'm sure they will. It, it seems like I remember we played Southern Miss down there. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. in 
2006 or seven. I remember going down there. Right. Went, to, went over to Biloxi the night before. Yeah. Um, played Kansas State down there one time too. I think that was in the Grant. I think that was with Grant. Um, yeah, got. We, yeah, got, got hammered. <laughs> yeah, we did. Got drubbed. It was like a semi home and home, but it wasn't. It was a like home and home using neutral site because then yeah, uh, Can- year, Kansas City, Kansas City, yeah. and Mobile, and just got face dragged both places. Yeah, me and you were up at that. Uh, we and you both were up in Kansas City for that game. We did get kind of skull dragged a little bit in that game. Yeah, yeah, but Kansas City uh, really. But like down. Kansas City, very nice. Yeah, absolutely. And like and like Mobile, right, right. Um, so and then in addition to that. Um, our good friend of the podcast, Fluffopotamus, uh, Luke Ratliff, uh, was tasked with announcing the home opener this week, which will be um, Jacksonville State will come to Tuscaloosa. I can't remember the last time that we played Jacksonville State. It hasn't been that long ago, though. No, it's a couple, they, they were the opener in like 15, right? That sounds right. Yeah. And, and it, went to like overt- it went to overtime. Yeah, I think you had. That's right. <laughs> so... So it hadn't been that long, and then they played them in the, those secret scrimmages that the NCAA allows. Right. Um, yeah, they Jacksonville State beat the heck out of them. Yeah, that two was years like a, ago. That, that bot score got <laughs> got leaked, and everybody was like, "Oh my god!" There was yeah, think, nas- a lot of gnashing of teeth after that. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. That was that was the year Colin Sexton was here, and Colin couldn't play in that one. That might be the case. Yeah, that sounds I think right. That's, I think that's the case. Um, they, they run together. And then um, Alabama played them last year and scrimmaged them last year. And, uh, right. Did, did fared a little better. And then another announcement is that Alabama will be playing. Now, it won't start this year, but a home-and-home home with Memphis. Um, but – is it has it been? I've seen rumors about the potential charity game that'll be taking place. Yeah, I um, think that I think that'll happen, but the contract's not signed yet. Right, but that'll be awesome. Do we know where the site of that game would be? FedEx. Okay, so we play a charity game up there. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, I would depending on when it is. You know, if it's a Sunday afternoon, um, I might. might yeah, I think a lot of. Yeah, it's it's an easy trip. Up the X twenty two corridor, I still feel like aliens are going to land on the I twenty two X twenty two. Nobody on that road. Yeah, but but uh, Memphis is a huge basketball town, as you know, and <clears throat> and a recruiting area. So right, uh, tough to get them away from the Tigers, but right, a uh, good place to play. We're just looking at the album football schedule. Um, for this year, I was really hoping that Arkansas game was going to be like, you know, kind of how it was this year, like late October. And I was thinking like, Oh man, that'd be perfect. Play in Fayetteville, drive up to Fayetteville and then stop in Memphis yeah. on the way back on a Sunday. But alas, we played Arkansas on the 10th. Without, without going into another direction, let's just hope everything gets played. Right. And right. Let's just hope everything, football and basketball. Of course, there is always the possibility it could be the Saturday after the Tennessee game in Knoxville. But I think, Memphis is further from Knoxville than it is from Tuscaloosa. It would be late October sometime, I would guess. Yeah. That's the way those things go. Alabama played Georgia Tech last year in the same, same right. Sort and that of was situation. a fun that was a fun time. Yeah, it was. It was good. Wasn't fun for Josh Passner, but he uh, No. Yeah. He was he was you know, he was he understood what was going on. Right, so. right. Um 
So, any other news that you would like to to bring up? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just waiting on on uh, this movable NBA draft deadline. I think, you know, I, I think John John Petty's the one that they're waiting on, and I think if he got a guarantee that he'd go in the top 40, 40 45, that he would go on and go, uh, or not go, I mean, stay in the draft. And, right. um, you know, but, but <sighs> waiting to see, waiting to hear and the teams they are working out this Orlando bubble and all of that, the NBA teams. So don't know, but I would think that, that we're about at the point where he's got whatever information he's going to get. Right, and he just has to make a decision on it. So, so correct, and you know, and probably all it, takes, all it like what Oates said, all it takes is one team to say, "Yeah, we're going to do it." Yeah, and, yeah. So you know, and and one team in a little faith that they do. You know, I've known guys that that. Oh yeah, this team ask ask uh, ask Kennedy Winston. You know, this oh, team's yeah. going to do it, or this team's going to do. Uh, and then somebody else came, you know, we, we, we thought so-and-so was going to take so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, you know, they don't have the opening and they are able to get a better player in their opinion. Right. Exactly. So, um, but we'll see, uh, you know, John will make a good decision for himself and his family, whatever it is. Man, it sure would be good if we got him back. I know we've, we've talked about this and talked about this and talked about this, but I, I think he could help himself. I really do. I do. If he can make the same, Oates said this on Whip and Berry this week. Um, if he can make the same leap that he made from, uh, you know, the first year in Oates' system to the second year, I mean, like, I'm sorry, the same leap that he made from his sophomore to junior year, um, I mean, I think it would be really valuable for him. I do. I do. And, and I think he could, that could happen. I don't, you know, everybody says that about every player, football and basketball. Oh, if two had come back, he could have really helped. Not really, but. No, he couldn't have. Um, Especially now with like the way things have gone for two, like in hindsight, <laughs> that would have been a terrible idea. Sure, sure. Um, but so, but but I think in John's case, that's a, it's a legitimate point that he could that he could uh, improve his stock. But we'll see. We'll see um, also, saw something on the this is this is one hundred percent message board rumor, but um, I haven't seen it like published anywhere. I saw something about um, Nate Oates connecting Herb Jones and Keith Askins. Um, Keith currently works as the director of scouting for the Miami Heat. And they, right. you, you saw Keith play. I did not, um, at least when he was in college. Similar games, kind of? Similar. Uh, Herb's a little bit, little bit bigger. Um, Keith's definitely a better um, standstill shooter out to three-point range. Uh, I... I I don't know. And this is crazy to say about a guy who got a long NBA career. Don't know that, that he was Keith was quite as athletic as Herb is, but, um, could shoot. That was, right. that was one, one difference. And, and also, had, he had uh, but, but the of same, a, of a better, but the same men- point line too, but, but the same mentality, do anything for the team, sixth guy, you know, so, um, Similar in the, in some ways, and I'm sure that uh, Herb could learn a lot from Keith. Right, right. 
Well, so onto the onto the mailbag. Onto the mailbag. We've got a mixture of pickle and basketball related questions. We're going to kind of just mix them up a little bit. We are going to start off with a basketball question. Um, All right. This question comes from Drew Holmes. He's at Drew Holmes two five six. Um, his question is: What was the best team of the Mark Gottfried era? Was it 02, 04, or 05? And those are really the only three that are that can be discussed in this way. Although I, I still do have a very special spot in my heart for the 06 team that I thought could have been really good. Um, and heck, 07 as well. Um, 07, you know, you get Ron injured. 06, you get right, right. You know, Ron's, this, Ron's injury changed everything in 06 and 07, or in 07. Right. And that 07 um, team went down to the Virgin Islands and won that tournament easily. And people were talking sure, about Alabama yeah, might sure, be better than sure. better at every position than Florida, which is the defending national champion. Yeah, um, but but you know, Ron's Ron's situation changed that. So Right. Right. So uh, this one I'm gonna go O five. Yeah, I am too, and that's no knock on O one and O two. O five was not a deep team. Right. Played about uh, seven guys. Yeah, your ninth your your ninth guy, I guess, was and no knock on him. He's was Justin Jonas. Right. And I, I guess your eight and nine guys were Al Weber and Justin Jonas, I guess. Right. And Al wasn't really playing at the end of the year. It was no, he wasn't. It was um, pretty much that was when we were kind of playing Ron thirty eight minutes a game and then yeah, coming get off some the minutes bench. at the point. Yeah, but but that that core of Winston, Ernest Shelton, Chuck Jamario, Jamario Jean Felix. That that was a pretty strong. That was a pretty strong group there. And and Kennedy had a really really good year that year. He um, did. He did. Both him and Ernest shot. Wide. Yeah, yeah. They they did. And uh, the disappointment in that year was the way it ended. Correct. Um, lost to Florida, and and no no shame in losing to Florida in the SEC turn. Those Florida teams were. Tremendous, right? Uh, but then went up, and lost to Cleveland to to Green Bay, and yeah, that was. No, excuse uh, me, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Excuse me for misidentifying one of the twenty-seven Division One playing University but, of Wisconsin. Say, like, at least you didn't say Whitewater. Kansas. Whitewater Stout, <sighs> um, Kenosha, but no, it was it was uh, it was Bruce Pearl's team, and, right? Um, just a just a team that could have really easily made a sweet sweet sixteen run at Alabama. If I recall, just whoever didn't... was the Uber a five seed and whoever was the four got upset. Right, and, and so we I would think... have had a really good chance at going to the sweet sixteen. Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, Milwaukee ended up making it there. Right, and and but you got to play. Alabama did not play well, and no, and take it take it nothing away from Bruce Pearl or. Green but or Milwaukee, but uh, just didn't play very well. So. Milwaukee shot it well. Bama did not shoot it that well, and then kind of made a run at the end, but never really got it to be a, a close game. I was, I was no. up there for it. I was in college. No, and the you know you're in Cleveland in March, and the snow hadn't melted. It didn't actually snow, I guess, but the, none it, of the it was still cold. It was St. none Christmas. of the old snow had melted. You know, right. you go down to the lake, and there are these piles of this kind of brown snow and so yeah i'm sure i'm sure cleveland is more charming at a different time of year right right and and again this that's no knock of the o2 team which did win an sec sure, title, you know, sure. That, um both 
kind of got a little fortunate in that nobody else finished 12 and four that year. Alabama did finish 12 and four in 05, the same record as 02. Um, but the, the game that really kept that team from the from the potential SEC title was that uh, the loss in Tuscaloosa to Patrick Sparks and Kentucky. Right. Which I right. think both teams, had we won that game, both teams would have ended up being 13 and three and would have split the title. Always something. Right. Yes, always, it is. Always yeah. something. It's Alabama basketball. It is always something. But okay. but those were those were really good teams. It's it's hard to it's hard to complain too much about the quality of basketball from 01 to 06. Really. Right. Right. Um, all right. Our next question is it's a pickle related question. Um, this is from noted Barner Blake Ells. Um, I'm not sure. I, don't, I doubt he's listening to the podcast, but I will go ahead and, and answer his question. His question. We appreciate his participation. We do. We definitely do. I know he's a Wickles fan, so maybe he listens to it for the pickle takes. Um, it says, now that uh, you – and no, sorry, wrong wrong question. I skipped ahead. This one is, what isn't currently pickled uh, by Wickles that should possibly be pickled? He says it should be green beans. I think that would be fine. Um, my pick here would be asparagus. I'm a big asparagus oh, fan. That would my be favorite vegetable. I would like to try Wickle's asparagus. That would be interesting. I think it could um, be good. Any, anything hot. Some pickled right. peppers, you know. Well, they've got jalapenos. Those, yeah. Um, Their jalapeno relish is outstanding. Yeah, some 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 chipotles maybe or something. That could be good. That might be, almost be too hot. Depends on how hard you're going to Wickle on that. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So next question. We'll go with – well, we're, we're going to kind of stick along with uh, – the last question was asked by Barner. The next one is asked by a former Mississippi State basketball player, Bart Heitch, at bheitch22. Wants to know – he says, give, give us the three most underrated Bama basketball players of your lifetime and why. And then he throws on it at the end that he wants some coconut wickles. I don't know if I like that. That doesn't <laughs> not, sound that good. I, I don't know how you – I guess you – that's a hard thing to slice and get – Pickled, I yeah. think. Not sure but, how I feel about that. But the, no, all right, who, but, who would you um, have as your Yeah, it, most you favorite? know, it's hard because you don't know who rates, you know, when you when you say overrated or underrated by whose scale. You know, right. You, in the Hunter Johnson scale, Chuck Davis could never be underrated. You That's know, great. I'm, I'm not choosing him because, like, I feel like that would be too easy. But, yeah, like, I feel yeah. like people do underrate Chuck. You know, we mentioned Kennedy Winston and – um, sometimes I don't think people realize how good he was, right? Uh, as an offensive basketball player, so you could you could certainly put Kennedy on that list. Um, going back and and I go back to the to the seventies. I, I think people appreciated. I mean, and again, the guys you're not going to say are are Leon Mule, Tr Tr Dunn. Dun, you know those guys. Those guys. Anthony Murray, even they, they were, they were definitely, um, rated highly or appreciated, uh, maybe underappreciated is better than underrated. Uh, Ra Ra was really good. Ra Ra Mm -hmm. um, was Alabama's had such a good history of point guards. Um, and, and he was certainly one of them. Um, so you, you kind of then Keep coming forward. Keep coming forward. Um, Ansley. Ansley gets a lot of mention, but Aunt Michael Ansley was really right. a, 
a good player. Definitely, definitely from that era, Terry Connor. Right. Uh, doesn't get enough credit because he wasn't. Play, imagine playing about your whole career, including your high school re- career, behind Watley, you know, because mm-hmm. the, they were both from Phillips. Um, and and so Terry always had to follow Ennis Watley. And I, it was a different kind of player, but really good player. Uh, hit the game-winning shot against Illinois up in Charlotte. Just a, an excellent point guard. Um, deserves probably um, more credit. Then he got, and then you know the the next run of Wimp's great teams. I think I think people really, you know, Ori certainly gets gets a lot of respect as he should. Luttrell um, gets a lot of respect as he should. So um, maybe maybe Rara and maybe Connor. Um, you know. I, of the guys on those Wimp teams, of those late, like, when you talk about Ori and Latrell, I was going to say Melvin Sheetham. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say one, too, and it's more recent. And we'll see how it turns out. Um, Jamichael doesn't really get as much credit. Jamichael Green doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. So, for mine, you kind of hit it about it being, like, also kind of underappreciated. And my first one like, is pretty – I don't think he was underrated. I mean, he got drafted. Um, but it's Richard Hendricks. Just because mm-hmm. what he did his junior year, which was his last year at Alabama, was just ridiculous. And that team went like 5-11 like and 11 in, in the league, I think. But he, he averaged um, 17 points, 17.8 points, and 10.1 rebounds for the season. So he's averaging a double-double. He was a double-double pretty much every single night, especially in SEC play. Like we said, that team wasn't that good, so he didn't really get the credit. But like, what people also don't really remember, and I should know, is I, you went to every game too, um, and I like I did as well. Like that team played some really close games. That, that team lost mm-hmm. a lot of like like lost at Arkansas in overtime, lost at LSU really close, played Kentucky somewhat close up there when Kentucky was really good, um, lost a lot of close games. So. I, that was my first one that came to mind. Obviously, I'm going to go Bola here because I still don't think that people realize like, what a what a rebounding rate of like 25 is. Like that's just sick. Um, the dude was once you like that team was not the most fun team to watch, but once you just started watching Bola, it was so much more enjoyable to watch. That I guess 16 team, no, no 17 team, um, and then one from the. Hobbs era and early Gottfried era that I'm going to go with. And again, again, he just doesn't get the credit I think he deserves because those teams weren't very good. And that's Brian Williams. And you, you watch Brian Williams play more than I do. I just remember like he was a lot of times he was all those teams had. I think Brian's son is a prospect. Yes, he is. In Montgomery, um, so. Yeah. Cause Brian just left whatever school he was at and is going to another school for his son to play at, I believe. Right. Right. So they were, they were, yeah, Brian, uh, I would not like to have seen those teams without Brian. Uh, oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> well, I don't well, know it's how It's funny that you cool. say that, though, because it seems like 98 or yeah, 98 or 99, the win over Kentucky where Haggis had the slam and Doc, right, uh, yeah. Doc had, Brian didn't play in that game. Right. And, and those are, those are good guys. I don't know how consistent offensively they would have been night in and night out. Right. If teams didn't have to concentrate on Brian. I used to have that game on DVD, and one thing that always stuck out to me is that now you, when guys are injured, 
they're typically wearing like a suit. Well, actually, it used to be they wear a suit, and like now they're wearing like more like warm ups. Right. But Brian wasn't playing in that game. He was wearing like oversized gray sweatpants and a like really oversized white tee with the huge Nautica logo on it. And I just, I just always <laughs> stuck out to me. I just thought that was really all the other guys in the picture wearing like suits, but he just got like a giant Nautica t shirt on. <laughs> Rep in Mobile there. Yes, yes. Um, all right. Question. This is actually from a friend of mine, Sean Allen at Sean or Allen. Um, it says, first time, long time. Are pickles a good snack to lose this quarantine 15? Asking for a friend. Um, I feel like I'm going to be fully transparent here. I feel like the pickles might have contributed to my uh, quarantine 15 because I was just eating too many of them. I had I had like cases of them here and I was just, like eating way too many, ate way too many pickles. But now that I've kind of used them as like a I'll use them as like a midday snack or like a, you know, afternoon snack, you know, eat a few wickles at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, try to get me to dinner. I do think that is actually, you know, when you're controlling your portion size, obviously it's not going to be great if you're eating a ton and then eating more wickles in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, I do think that is, it's a, a pretty good snack. I mean, they're, they're fairly healthy, a little bit of sodium, but um, they're, they're a fairly, fairly healthy meal. Yeah. It depends on what you're, you're using them for. I think one thing that they're, that particularly in this era of doing a lot of takeout or bring home, you know, if, if you get a get a pulled pork sandwich, just get them to leave off whatever, you know, bucket pickle, generic pickle, Heinz, thin ass, yeah, deal that that they put on it. And we, you know, there are a lot of places in Tuscaloosa with a good pulled pork sandwich. Uh, just have them leave off their pickle and put a Wickles on it when you bring it home. Right. All right, this one, this question is, uh, I guess it's Wickles adjacent. Um, or Al, I'm sorry, it's basketball adjacent. And also, it, he has two questions. It's from Bama Pro Updates, one of my favorite followers on Twitter. Um, probably my favorite follower on Twitter, um, other than you, obviously, Cecil. Um, <laughs> I'm not that sensitive. Honey. The question is, now that you and Frank Martin have made up, are you cool with the rest of his staff? What type of wine goes best with uh, Wickles Wicked Okra? It's like, I'm not huge on the okra. We'll start with the second question. I'm not huge on the, I'm just not a big pickled okra guy. Um, my mind can be changed. I might, you know, have to try them again, but it, I, I like the other offerings a little bit better. Um, and yes, in case anyone missed it, through the, about two weeks ago, um, Frank Martin, Luke Ratliff, and uh, and I, we all made up. We were all in, we were in good standing with uh, Frank Martin now. I will not. Next year, I will not talk about how wide he is when they play. If I'm sitting behind the bench, he seems like a good dude. Um, and I apologize to him for that. And he was like, always good, brother. We're tight. Yeah, I've, I've always liked I, I, yeah, you You've always liked it. And I've always the same, like the <laughs> same interaction with you. And I actually got to see their Final Four run up in Greenville because I wanted to go. I, you know, I'd been to a lot Mike of Davis, NCAA right? tournaments. Uh, Mike Davis was there and Troy. Um, was there. Um, so I got to see those, got to get a pass to Greenville and, and got to see them, got to see them, got to see Duke get beat. And um, so it was a, it was a, that was, you know, that's a, not a happy memory arena for Alabama basketball fans, obviously. Um, but it's a good arena for tournament basketball. Seats Whatever are, we want, seats our, are we want our last appearance up there. Beat Clemson. That's correct. That's but but Shannon um, Hale with the steal and dunk. But can't people still have a hard time getting over that? Right, and didn't didn't really play well against FAU. Either. No, uh, they didn't. So 
This one is um, pretty it's semi. It's basketball related, and this was um, it's from uh, Brandon Boggs at Boggs UA. Um, is asking back in your March Madness days, which ref gave you the best banter, and which ref would you fire into the sun? I'll hang up and listen. The I think you, that's you, directed at you, Hunter. I know, but you you know a little bit about SEC basketball fishing. Sure. So far, um, sure. the one that gave me the best banter was absolutely Tony Green. Huge Tony Green fan. Um, really, really liked him. And he would come over and you know explain calls to us. Um, just didn't take himself too seriously. A lot of those guys, Sermons, Joe Lindsay, those guys were always really cool to us. Right. Um, T- Teddy's okay. I don't. Have Teddy's good. Teddy would. Teddy like you had to massage Teddy's ego. You had to tell Teddy. <laughs> you had like, to give him know, one, right? Yeah, good yeah, call, we're like, Teddy. We're like, good look, call. Bro, we're all here to watch you. Like, I, I am here to see you. <laughs> but but he's okay. He's, an, he's always been a good guy with the media. Maybe that's right. part of it, but he's always been a good guy with the media. The one that I would fire into the sun. Um, I'm having a brain fart now. There was one that I really, really disliked. Um, it wasn't Gary Maxwell. Dadgum, and I should have done research on it. I should have pulled some games. I remember I didn't get along with Gary Maxwell very well. Um, I do remember that. Um, but most of the rest back then, we had a pretty fairly good relationship. Like even guys who traditionally gave them a fence, like Tim Higgins and Tom Lopes, typically had a pretty good relationship with those guys. And it was always my philosophy sitting on the front row that you want, I'd rather be nice to them because if it comes down to like a 50-50 call, I don't want them to say, well, we're going to – I'm going to – go the other way on it because those guys are jerks. Yeah. How, how are you with Shouse? I like Shouse as a person. Um, not a huge fan of Shouse as an, as an official, <laughs> um, but I really, I like Shouse is a really nice guy. Really enjoy talking to him back when, uh, but I hate, I do not, I get a little worried when I see that, uh, that he's, he's working one of our games. So, all right, now we'll go to, let's see. We're going to pickle. All right, we'll, we'll do one, uh, one more pickle question. Um, this is from Evil Greg Byrne at Evil Greg Byrne, saying, "If Nader were a Wickles pickle item, what would he be?" And I, right away, I, my first thought was that he is the sandwich spread because that is their that is their best item, and <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty hot, and Nate can get a little hot sometimes. Um, so that's why I'm going with the with the red um, relish there, which is great great on sandwiches. Really really love the way that it. it, it Compliments mayonnaise. It's, it's perfect for a, a turkey sandwich or a ham sandwich or whatever. Or if you want to get a little more exotic with your meats, I'm sure it's good. Um, and then let's see. Last one, and this is actually basketball uh, related. And you'll, this is probably directed at you more so than me. Um, this one is from Drew Holmes also at Drew Holmes 256. And the question is, is J.D. Davidson uh, the top target for next year's recruiting class? I can go ahead and say yes. Um, and then the question is, would he fit well in Oates' system? Yeah, he'd fit perfectly. Right. Uh, super athletic. He's not a great three-point shooter yet, but I think he can develop that. Um, super athletic, fast up and down the floor. Um, like, not the not the ball handler that Colin or, or Kyra was. Probably closer to, to Colin than Kyra. But can get to the rim, can finish at the rim, um, can will be able to defend. Wants the ball you know, a little bit like Shackleford. You know, he just wants mm-hmm. it. He just wants the ball. Um, so so had a great junior year. 
be interested to see, you know, doesn't have any summer events to, to, um, showcase himself. And, you know, there's so many factors in recruiting now, uh, particularly uh, he would be, The, the players that, that are going to go directly to the G League, like several did this year, uh, it's based on talent, on NBA potential, but they also want guys who are, who are attractions. You know, they, right. they wanted, they wanted Jaden Green. They want guys that are going to get, ultimately get eyes on television sets, not at the NBA level, but, um, and I don't know if, if, JD wouldn't have really blown up in that way uh, over the summer because he has the the potential to do it. Now he's playing at a a small school in very rural Alabama, Lowndes so, County, right? Um, he is, uh, yeah, down not far from Montgomery. Um, I drove I drove down I drove through there on my way to Destin last week. Yeah, Leadahatchee is yeah. is where it is, um, but. It's, it's, um, you know, not, it's not the same. It, it was funny. And just to digress, I mean, uh, did you see where Shea Cotton is going to have a, th- there's a biopic of Shay. Yes. I, I, Which, and there's an interview on uh, NBA.com that I, I actually have the, have it pulled up on my laptop right now. I just haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet. Yeah. And, and, um, Shay was in some ways and, and not to compare and they're not the same kind of player, but it, it used to be um, <sighs> recruiting was a different thing. You didn't have so many summer events, uh, and there there were a couple. You know, LeBron was LeBron. Let's let's be honest. But a, a lot of times, if a guy was the best player in New York or the best player in LA, he got way more attention. Felipe Lopez is yeah. is a good example. And Shea was, and Shea was that. Now Shea, Shea, Shea got to have a big body. Shea was six six when he was in was fourteen. In high school. When he was fourteen, yeah. yeah, and never got bigger. Uh, Shea had some offensive skills, and and but you know the the for for Shea to have been what took, now he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated in the ninth grade, right. and and for him to become what what that projection would be. He would have had to grow to six nine, six ten, and and be a Garnett type, you know. And he had a good handle, just but not, it was not a great handle. Like was not like didn't no, have a great handle for like a th- for no. a wing. I can't imagine that by his senior year that Shea was the best player in L.A., mm-hmm. much less the country. But you've had to deal with that stuff your whole life, and that's not all. That's it's really in some ways none of it's Shea's fault. It's not his fault at all. Um, but. Um, his time at Alabama was so brief. I don't know how much he mentions it, but um, had some good games. I remember he jawed with <laughs> he jawed with the Mississippi State bench over there. Jawed with Stansberry, I think. I don't remember that. That makes me yeah. That endears him to me more. Yeah, um, they went they went back and forth a little bit because, as you know, and he doesn't really. So yeah, you know, Rick would Rick would jaw at people. Rick mm-hmm. would jaw at refs, players, fans, whoever. Kennedy used to get into it with Rick all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
and and I remember so, Kennedy. I remember Kennedy one time hitting the three in front of the Mississippi State bench and patting uh, Rick on the butt. <laughs> and I had to have been that that ninety eight forty nine game. So no, actually, I think it was over in Startville in either oh four or oh five. Right. So uh, yeah, but anyway, um, back to JD. Yeah. He he's he's a five star recruit in state. That doesn't. Happen doesn't mean all you're the gonna time anymore. Doesn't no. Uh, doesn't even mean 25 years ago when it was wimp and sunny. You know, it doesn't just mean it's Alabama and Auburn. Although Auburn's certainly recruiting him too. But but you're you know he's got offers from essentially everybody. You know, Memphis, um, Kansas, UCLA. I, I don't know that Duke and North Carolina have offered him, but. Um, you know, Michigan State. I mean, he's he, he can go where he wants. Louisville, he can go where he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, whether Kentucky will come in later, you know, who knows? And you you have to. And these days, you have to say, is he a one year guy? If he is a one year guy, is that is that worth it? Which you know, for instance, in Collins' case, absolutely worth it. Hundred percent worth it. So. Um, Again, he's not, he's not, he's not Colin. Nobody, he's not the kind of thick athlete that Colin was, but he's really explosive, really gets up. And then in the state finals, if you watched him, you know, they, they took that away from him and he became more of a, more of a shooter. He became Mm -hmm. more of, you know, do what he needed to do to, to find a way to win. So, um, it would be, a he, he would, he would fit Nate Oates's system to go back to the original question very well. Well, good deal. Um, I'm glad we finally got to do the mailbag after saying we were going to do it. Since yeah. November, so. Yeah. yeah and, and hey, we, I, even if we don't do an official mailbag, please feel free um, to send in any question. Just send Hunter or me whatever question you'd like to have addressed, and we'll certainly try and get to it. For sure. And I, I forgot to do the ad read in the middle, but I think we kind of talked about Wickles for like half the time. <laughs> so I think we're on that. Everybody knows to buy Wickles. So. Well, Cecil, I enjoyed this. Um, um, this has been the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast brought to you by Wickles Pickles. Everybody stay safe out there. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.